Good morning. Good morning. Ah, you know, feels like only a couple of weeks ago I was. No, actually, I was. Okay. Christmas. Don't you love Christmas? I actually quite liked it when it started to get hot because I thought, now that's Christmas weather. Never mind this rubbish about snow and you know, good hot weather. That's Christmas weather. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how people stand doing Christmas in the snow. It just must be really weird. <laughs> that's, that's it. Anyhow. You know, you get those iconic pictures of Christmas, like on the, on the Christmas cards and things like that. that. That's where you got the snow and stuff like that. And the angels and the wise men and the star. But you know one of the other ones you get there a lot? Shepherds. We're going to have a look at some shepherds today. As we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask now you might open our hearts and minds to your word. Teach us, Lord, some of the wondrous, wonderful things you have there for us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Shepherds. We find the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, which is why I got our brother Ron to change his, uh, his reading. In verse 8 of Luke chapter 2, it says, There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now this starts to tell you something very interesting. Um, in, as some of you know, in a previous life, I spent a bit of time in the business of gathering evidence, information, trying to put together a, 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 you know, what did it all mean? And this actually, this, just that passage there tells us something very important. You see, it says that the shepherds were in the fields. Now, what you, you, you go, especially those of you who've been on uh, rather Kevin's trip to Israel, and, and look, I, I cannot recommend them highly enough if you can get a chance to go. One of the things you will see are sheepfolds. Okay, sheepfolds, where you kept the sheep at night. And But it says, no, these shepherds were in the field at night. Now, first of all, that tells me that there's no snow. You don't have sheep out in the fields at night when it's snowing. Now, it gets really cold uh, in, in Palestine at, at, in winter. And it, yes, occasionally it does snow. Not, you know, deep banks of snow, but it will snow a little. You don't have your sheep out there in, in snowfields. So why would you have your sheep out in the fields in the middle of the night? And why then would you be out there with them? You know, I can, I can tell that pretty or well most of you people are city folk. Because if I said this same question up, say, in, in Benalla or, or in, in Albury, there'd be a bunch of people there who'd be going... Right? Because they keep sheep and they know exactly why you'd be there. 
believe it or not, I have been out with flocks of sheep in the middle of the night. Not quite keeping them, but I'll explain what I was doing there. No, no, it was it was legal. Don't worry. <laughs> Although it it is said my my family's recipe for roast mutton used to start with first steal someone else's sheep, but the sh the reason why they were there was it was lambing season. Oh, now it makes sense. You don't want your ewes lambing all pressed tight together in a in a uh, uh, in a sheepfold. Because that's a recipe for lambs getting trampled, ewes getting mismothered. It's, it's, a, it's just not a good idea. So the sheep are in the fields. That means it's warm. It's calm. What are the shepherds doing there? Well, there are predators who come around sheep. Some of them have four legs and some of them have two. And the shepherds were there to, what does it say? Keep the sheep. To keep them safe. Maybe sometimes they'd even had to get up and assist with a birth. It happens. So that's what they were doing there. In fact, that's what we were doing there. Uh, in the middle of the night around a flock of sheep, we were um, cruising around the uh, flocks of sheep uh, very quietly, armed with large numbers of firearms ready to blow big ragged holes in foxes. Because, hey, sheep are important. Foxes aren't. So that's what we were doing. We were out, in fact, keeping sheep, keeping them safe. That's what the shepherds were doing, keeping the sheep safe. Now, the other thing that's interesting is these shepherds, they're around Jerusalem, so they're around Bethlehem. You ever wondered how close Bethlehem is to Jerusalem? Well, the first time I went to Israel, the place we were staying just outside Israel, or just outside uh, Jerusalem, a few stories to it. And if you went up to the top sort of stories and you looked out, if I get my directions right, it was... Well, I don't know what direction it was, to the, to the right-hand side anyhow. You could just on the horizon see the lights of Bethlehem. It's close. It's really quite close. So they were, they were the first lot of sheep herding country. You would come as you left Jerusalem. So... Who do you think showed up at Bethlehem a lot? People going to the temple wanting to buy a lamb for sacrifice. Ah, these were not flocks that were primarily being grown for their wool or whatever, being milked to make sheep cheese and all those sorts of quite useful things that sheep do. These were being bred as sacrificial lambs. Is it not amazing that he who was the Lamb of God, who would take away the sin of the world, 
was born at the same time when hundreds of lambs were being born who would go up to to Jerusalem to be sacrificed. And that 33 years later, he would die on the same weekend as many of the lambs that were born around Jerusalem during the feast of Passover. Oh, there was no accident about where this was happening. The the shepherds, we are told, were keeping watch. You know the first mention of a shepherd in the Bible? It's Abel. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 2, we find that Abel, now it doesn't call him a shepherd. You know what it says? He kept the sheep. Genesis 4, chapter 2, Abel was a keeper of sheep. Sheep need to be kept. Right? In Genesis 29, verse 6, when Rachel meets Jacob, one of the great love stories of the Old Testament, in Genesis 29, 6, she was with the sheep. Jacob, we find in Genesis chapter 30, verse 31, Jacob kept Laban's flock. In fact, one of the things he, he reckon, when he recommends himself to Laban, is he said, when I looked after your sheep, none were lost. Oh. He was a keeper of sheep. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, it, we're told that Moses looked after his father-in-law Jethro's sheep. Isn't that how many of the people in the Old Testament who we consider important, significant characters kept sheep? Makes you think about it, doesn't it? In fact, let's have a look at another one in 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, one of the most famous shepherds in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 16, verse 11. First Samuel 16, verse 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are all thy cho- are here all thy children? And he said, There yet remaineth the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. Samuel said unto Jesse, Fetch him, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes hither. Before David was anointed as king by Samuel, he kept his father's sheep. And if you look further in, uh, in after the little incident with uh, Goliath, what did he do? In chapter 15, sorry, in verse 15 of chapter 17, 1 Samuel 17, 15. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. Where? At Bethlehem. On those same fields where the shepherds were waiting at night, 
were the same pastures where David kept his father's sheep. Kept them safe. Protected them. Now, things had quietened down a little since David's time. Because when David was there, there were still lions and bears around Bethlehem. By the time of the first century, they'd pretty well hunted them out. Though, like I said, no doubt there were two-legged predators that needed to, be, to keep the sheep safe from. So here we have the shepherds. Quiet, peaceful night. Isn't it good? It's peaceful. But something happens. There's an appearance of angels. Now, it's really interesting here because it says that the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them, Fear not. Now, do you know what the most common uh, greeting of an angel is to people? Fear not. We get this idea that angels, you know, again, it's what I sometimes call stained glass theology. You, you look at the beautiful pictures in the window and you get an idea of an angel. Oh, yeah, blonde, carrying a harp, wings, long white gown. I don't know what, I, we, we've got no real description of what these angels looked like. One thing they were, they were scary. They were seriously frightening. Because you know what the, the, the first uh, instruction, the most common instruction from an, for an, from an angel to a person is in Scripture? Get up off your knees. <laughs> right? Because that's the reaction when people see angels. They are terrified and they fall down. So the first thing an angel has to say is, calm down, relax, stop being afraid and get up. Now I can get to tell you what I've been, give you the message I've been sent with you, to you because you were in no fit condition to receive it previously. He says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, there are, there are actually two parts there. Right? First of all, there's a proclamation. The angel said, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy. Hey, I got good news. The Savior, the Messiah, the guy you've been waiting for for 4,000 years. He's here. He's been born right now. There's a proclamation. But I want you to notice something else. There's a promise or a prediction. He says, this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, the first bit 
wouldn't have been any much of a surprise. Right? Swaddling clothes. Now, we don't do swaddling clothes much anymore, really. And, and this gets a bit sort of onto the nitty-gritty of it. What did you do in first century Palestine when a baby was born? What did you do with it? Well, what they did, they had, they, they had a procedure and it worked pretty well. You would get a really, really strong salt solution. Wash the baby with it. Disinfectant. Good stuff. Then you'd wash it with clean water, get all the salt off the skin. Then you'd rub, rub onto the baby that wonderful stuff that they used for just about everything. Olive oil. All over the baby's skin. You ever had a baby with eczema or, uh, you know, that's a rashes? Yeah, olive oil. Good stuff. Wrap it up. Then you would wrap the baby up really, really tight. Now, most of you, a lot of us have handled babies, okay? And like I say to people, I've got four children and, and at last count, 14? 16, 16 grandchildren, right? And there's only three girls, right? So babies I've, I've sort of gotten used to a bit. And I found something interesting about babies. Almost all of them like being wrapped up tight. They, they, they feel safe, they feel secure. So the idea of wrapping the baby in swaddling clothes, that was normal. What was strange was the bit about lying in a manger. That was the bit that was, say what? But I want you to notice what there's not there. There's no direction of where to find the baby. The, the angel doesn't say, you know, you turn left on Main Street and it's the big house with the, you know, the, the cross on the, in the front yard. No. He simply says, you go and look for it. So they get up and they go and look. They look with haste. They, they say, they, they came, in verse 16 it says, they came with haste. In verse 15, we'll go to Bethlehem and see this thing. Now I'm wondering if maybe that when they got to, heading towards Bethlehem, they, one of them said, uh, fellas, where are we going to look? And someone says, Every place that's got a manger. Okay. Well, who's going to have mangers? And one bright spark evidently said, you know, there's an inn and they've got a stable next door to it. And remember when I brought the sheep in here last week? It, there's, a, there's mangers in that stable. We'll go look there. So they did. And there when they went in was the baby lying in a manger exactly as the Lord had predicted you see when God calls you the first thing you have to do is listen right? when God calls listen to what he says because he's not saying it for the pleasure of hearing his own voice he's saying it for your benefit so the angel comes and says 
This is the proclamation. The Messiah is born. Now listen up. This is how you'll find him. Now God's been doing that. I don't know. He's been doing it for so long. You know God refers to us frequently as as his sheep. We'll be looking at that in a moment. But in Psalm 95, Psalm 95 verse 7, it says, For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hands. We are the sheep of his hands. It says, Verily I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a, sheep, is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. You see, Jesus, I think there was a reason why he wanted shepherds there early when he was born. Because he was going to be the great shepherd. To him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. When he putteth forth his own sheep he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And the stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Now, you think, Jesus is making this... Yeah, our Lord's pretty clear here, isn't he? Yeah, pretty clear. But in verse 6 it says, This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not. They didn't get it. So he goes, okay, you, you, you don't understand, I'll say it again. Verse 7, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. The sheep didn't hear them, did not hear them. Verse 14 of the same chapter, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. That's getting it really clear. Verse 15, as the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. We drop down to verse um, 19. It says, there was a division, therefore, amongst the Jews for these saints. They still didn't get it. You know, you explain it once. Then you explain it again. And it, there's a reason for the reason they don't get it. The reason they don't understand it. And we find that further down, verse 22 of uh, John chapter 10. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and it said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish. You see, we know that Jesus' sheep 
hear his voice. Have you ever wondered why you can't hear the voice of God? You think to yourself, this preacher's going on about hearing God's voice. God's never said anything to me. Maybe it's because you're not one of his sheep. Oh, that's why you don't hear his voice, because you're not one of his sheep. You see, he talks about those who are not his sheep. In Matthew 25, verses 31 to 33, it says that in the end of time, God will, the, the, the son will set up his throne and he will divide the nations in front of him as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Maybe the reason you don't hear the shepherd's voice is because you're not one of the sheep, you're one of the goats. There's a description used of certain preachers who are known as sheep stealers. Sheep stealing is, is the practice of trying to attract people from other churches to your church. I got news for you. We do not believe in sheep stealing. Not at all. Not at all. What our aim is, we want to go and get goats and make them sheep. That's our aim. We want to see the unsaved come in to know the truth of the gospel and to become those who are kept by the Lord Jesus Christ. When God calls, listen. As we read in Psalms today, if you're hearing his voice, hearken, listen. Listen, just not to the words, but listen to what he's saying. For there is a promise to you and to all who are far off that you can indeed be one of the sheep of his pasture. Now those shepherds, remember right back we, we were looking in, in Luke, right? God called them, they listened. You know the next thing they did? They obeyed. God spoke to them, they listened. So when God calls, listen. When God commands, obey. Now, they could have gone and said, wow, fascinating, isn't that amazing? Angels, great. Going to make a lovely Christmas card. But did that? No, they got up and they went out and they went to Jerusalem. Uh, went, sorry, went to Bethlehem. But you know what they left? They left their sheep. They said, there's something more important. Now, I'm certain they went back to them later on that night. <coughs> but they had their priorities straight. Oh, I can't leave my, uh, my sheep because I, I can't go and find God because, uh, you know, that you, Mabel, she always has a hard time lambing and I, I might miss. No, they said, there's something more important happening here. I've got to have my priorities straight and I've got to be in the right place at the right time and that means listening to God and doing what he says. God commands, when God calls, listen. 
when God commands, obey. But I want you to notice something else these shepherds did. Back there in, in Luke, they get to, the, to Bethlehem, they find the baby, they find Mary. I think Mary might have had a word to them and let them in on a few things when they said, you know, I can imagine them saying to, to Mary, we saw an angel. And she sort of went, yeah, angels, my angel. Yeah, what, doesn't everybody get? She knew about angels. She'd seen them. They were nothing new to her. But when they finished, verse 17, when they had seen it, they made it known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. They told people about it. When God calls, listen. When God commands, obey. When God blesses, communicate. Tell someone about it. They made it known. When, when they had seen it, they made known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. This was a big item of news in Bethlehem the next morning. Everybody was talking about it. Did you? You've been given as much information, if not more, than those shepherds were given. You've been told where to find him. You've been told that he is right near now, near. That he is a heartbeat away. And if you will turn to him in faith, confess your sins and accept him as your saviour, you will become a sheep of his pasture. Will we be good shepherds? Will be, we be as wise as these simple country folk who knew where to find a king? Thank you.